Hello everyone, welcome back to Rogue Opinions. My name as always is Nathan um, with me to talk a bit of tennis, a bit of a tennis update a year after we did the last one um, is Carl Pierce. Hello Carl. Hello. Uh, a little Wimbledon update just for just for half an hour and let you guys um, know our thoughts about what happened and what there is to come for the rest of the year and then we will promise to do a US Open one and then it probably won't happen. <laughs> so, it's good to let the audience know what they're in for just straight away this is a one and done and we'll be back next year it's scheduling and planning these things just isn't easy when you're adults with full-time jobs as well as other stuff to factor in yeah we are the real heroes um we're not on strike like everyone else that makes content <laughs> we're not sag affiliated <laughs> But maybe we should be. Now would be a good time to um, to start auditioning. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so, first of overall thoughts, Carl. What did you think of this year's Wimbledon? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Actually, probably um, especially on the on the men's side of the draw, which we'll get to in due course. Probably the most exciting Wimbledon has been for the last three or four years, perhaps. Yeah, I think so. I think it was the most unpredictable bit. And I think part of that was helped by just a sheer amount of rain mm. during week one, which sort of condensed everything a little bit and meant that there was a bit, although it's bad for the athletes because they just have to play and play and play and play. It's yeah. good for the audience because it's, it, it sort <laughs> of levels the playing field between the really highly ranked players if they have to play two days in a row against someone that's ranked a bit of an outsider who's got who's had time to get ready yeah it was crazy and uh, you got players like Tissipas who um, maybe fortunately for him his girlfriend got injured so he didn't have to do the mixed doubles because he was playing like a couple of times a day at one point yeah and I mean it doesn't help that he's not very good on grass for that uh, says me um, <laughs> But yeah, let's start off, as you said, with the women's side of the draw. Um, an exciting draw. A slightly unpredictable draw, particularly when we get to one of the semi-finalists. Or you could argue two of the semi-finalists, actually. Um, but it was it was quite level going into it, although I think everyone thought just Swiatek was going to demolish the draw. And it did look that way for a little bit. Well, I, I'm not so certain about that because she starts. She still got to prove herself on grass. It's the one surface she hasn't really sort of crushed everybody in her path as she has on clay and hardcore. But um, yeah, I think we were still expected to go reasonably far, I guess. And she did start. She did start bageling and beating opponents like she does on the other surfaces. To be fair to you, uh, we also expected Robanka probably to get to another final. She was heavily favoured once it appeared she um, wasn't f- feeling the effects of the illness or injury that kept her out of um, the earlier tournaments. Yeah, and I think yeah, I guess that is sort of fair because Swiatek. This is probably the best she's ever looked on grass, mm. but it's still she's not as Terminator-like as she is on the other services. Uh, from there, she certainly came unstuck. But I mean, in those first three rounds where it was just 6-1, 6 6-2, 6-2, 6-2, 7-5. And then um, it wasn't until she played Benchich in the fourth round that 
anyone sort of stood up a little bit and went, no, 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 you're not just going to walk into the quarterfinals. <laughs> I um, think Ben Chitz has got previous against her, hasn't she? Given her a tough, given her a tough match or two. Yeah, she's a good player, Ben Chitz. So she's a she's a very good player. Um, she did well in the fourth round of us going to the fourth round of Australia. Uh, earlier in the year, she's a U.S. Open semi-finalist. She's an Olympic gold medalist, so um, former world number four. She's certainly got previous. Uh, I'm not quite sure what her head-to-head is with Swiatek. Um, a good podcaster would have prepared that. Um, yeah. but, but neither of us are good podcasters. So. No, well, I only just thought about it, so it was you know, <laughs> too late. <laughs> I'm not sure what to Google really quickly to make it sound like I knew the answer. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, when you're dealing with an Olympic gold medalist, it's, it, they're always going to give you a tough game, and she's a very good player. Um, but Swiatek still came through that pretty, um, pretty handedly in that first yeah, set. Yeah, she was going to say. Finals, it all went wrong. Yeah. Yeah, and quite surprisingly as well, um, Elena, I'm going to butcher her surname, I'm, I, I do apologise <laughs> to everybody, but Elena Svetlina, um, yeah, really, I mean, she she was she was looking beat a couple of times in, in that match against Wartep, but she seemed to, to rally herself and, and fight through and eventually got the win in three sets. It was a really impressive victory. It was, yeah, Svitolina coming in um, off of obviously uh, giving birth and everything that um, not a lot of people perhaps expecting a, a lot given she's only recently returned to the tour and she started off against Venus Williams uh, and sort of beat her in, in straight sets, then Mertens and you kind of thought, oh well, wild card just coming back to the tour, Mertens 28 seed, good player but no, handily 6-1 in the third set uh, against the qualifier Kanin of America, straight sets, and it was that fourth round match against um, fellow mum Victoria Azarenka, where it kind of came alive. And that final set with the tiebreak, winning at 11-9, that was probably my favourite match of the whole tournament. I reckon it it was a good match, wasn't it? Yeah, um, it, it it just. Uh, makes it all the more strange that she didn't show up for the semi-final really did she it did yeah because then she obviously took on the world number one Swiatek and and battled through that first set lost the second on the tiebreaker and then really won that third set almost with ease yeah yeah so cleanly and I know Swiatek didn't help herself but it's the world number one on center court still to win that 6-2 you kind of thought semi-final, but then it's really been the story of Svitolina's career. But it's it's that semi-final that she just cannot get over. She's a three-time Grand Slam semi-finalist now. Um, quarter-finals at the French. She's been in four of them, two quarter-finals in Australia. Um, although she has won the year-end title, it's, it seems to be something in about semi-finals and quarter-finals at Grand Slam's. Because she certainly got the game to be a Grand Slam champion. Yeah, it is odd. Some people do have a ceiling when they seem to get to a certain um, part of the tournament. Like Rublev seems to come unstuck at quarterfinals, doesn't he? Somehow, I know he does. He is unlucky to to be top top players a lot of the time. Time, but still, yeah, 
You need to start getting past them eventually. Oh, yeah, and I think that's... If you're reaching quarterfinals, then I don't mean to sound like winning a quarterfinal or semifinal at Grand Slam is a given. Obviously, you're the last eight or last four at a Grand mm. Slam. Whoever you're playing, they are the tippy-top at that moment. So she obviously played Von Drusova, who went on to win the title pretty handily. So you kind of go, okay, she... Sitalina, she lost that semi-final to the eventual champion. What are you meant to do? They were the best player in the world during this fortnight. Like, um, but at the same time, you do go, oh, she just from kind of a from kind of a just watching her career thing. You go, she really deserves that grand slam at some point. <laughs> and is it going to come? Because she uh, she's not exactly late in her career. She's only 28 plenty more opportunities yeah you'd like to think so but you, you just never know the, the women's draw despite Igor Swartak's dominance it is it is very open a lot more open than the men's you you do seem to get uh, a lot more different winners in the slams and the other tournaments than you than you do in than you do in the men's or as of late anyway oh definitely the women's draw is really where it's at I think for tennis at the moment, I mean, the men's draw, you do get those battles still, like the Wimbledon final that just happened being won. Mm. You do still get those Titanic things, but for pure unpredictability, the ladies, so the WTA has sort of been the more, way more exciting tour over the last few years. Although, as you say, Tech has kind of been, been it, really, but part of that is probably down to Barty unexpectedly retiring, um, Osaka not being a bound... Um, Serena kind of disappeared. I know that was a few years ago, but she was always there or thereabouts for a bit. So there's almost been like Raducanu and Fernandez from that US Open final, just both dropping off massively. So there's a lot of people competing for those top spots and no one's kind of absolutely asserted it just yet. Yeah, it's it's a strange one. I mean, maybe with Raducanu and Fernandez, it was, you know, as you were saying to me the other day, it was the end, it's the end of sort of, end of season major isn't it and perhaps they were playing at full tilt where a lot of others were dropping off and it might be the only time they both get to a final and, and win one you just never know do you you don't and sometimes to win these big tournaments you just need to be in the right place at the right time mm. so it's a, there's a lot of skill involved but there is that tiny little element of luck every now and then and sometimes you just need the great the, the favorable draw or you just need to to kind of play someone on a certain day um, but I've, I've no doubt both of them will be back at some point I think Fernandez did get a good win which she's been lacking recently she did obviously make it to the second round um, and get another win at Grand Slam level maybe that will kind of um, get her going again because she has dropped off she's world number 84 at the minute yeah, she did. She did have a good match with Carolina Garcia, though. It was, you know, she took her close. Yeah, yeah, ten, ten, eight in the in the final set, I think, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, so in the tie break, so yeah, she certainly got the game. She just needs a bit of, I th- in my opinion, it's just needs a bit of confidence back. It seems like that U.S. Open final loss kind of hit her really hard. Maybe it's because it came out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you got to see it as a big opportunity. I know, I know, it was the first final, but she was against somebody not many people had really heard of. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, she's been in the final since she was in the final of the doubles um, mm, true. at the French Open this year. So maybe there's there is that that net game there. She could sort of change the way she plays because she's a very good player. She just needs something. Garcia, obviously, fifth seed, not an ideal draw. Um, if you're lacking a bit of confidence, but also she had nothing to lose. But sometimes in those games, like I say, where, where it's touch and go, it, 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 it you know, where there's so little in it, there's not always a lot you can do. Oh no, absolutely not. Particularly in a tie break, you've only got to kind of mess up once and potentially it's gone. Mm. It's, it's a fine game of fine margins, tennis, isn't it? It really so. can be at times, yeah. I think from a British standpoint, before we get onto the final, um, disappointing tournament for the women, I think. I'm not sure what the expectations were, but like one, Katie Bolter obviously reaching the third round and losing out to, to the world number three. That's not fair enough. She reached the third round. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's never going to beat Rabanka, but it was just a bit of a nothing match. Cause was it 6-1, six, 6-1 one, six, one, if I... I remember she, she barely made a dent in, in the match, unfortunately. Got crushed, but uh, I think it was a really disappointing tournament. And like, perhaps I don't know what we're doing at academy level. I don't know what the LTA are really doing. But even when you look at it from the men's side as well, it was a, it was just such a disappointing tournament from British tennis. Yeah. Um... Cam Norrie sort of didn't live up to expectations, really, did he? But when the person he, who beat him did was on the run of his life, so sometimes these things happen. It does, but then coming off last year, where he was obviously quite, he was actually quite lucky, I think, because last year he reached the semi-final, but there were no points, mm. so he had nothing to defend. Um, otherwise, his ranking would have just taken yeah. absolutely. <laughs> bollocking but <laughs> so he got away with that one but bringing it back to the women's I think like we had Katie Bolter reach the third round um you're going to need to remind me how you say her name Burrage Burrage, Kate, Burrage. Uh, Kate. Jodie Burrage is the Jodie Burrage reached the second round and get um really she had to place Kasakina who um the Russian if we're allowed to say Russia don't know we might have to just say redacted <laughs> instead of it yeah kind of handedly knocked out no one else winning a match and kind of no one else really getting near winning a match either i mean heather watson did a her usual of kind of having that sort of plucky second set but going down straight sets to the world number 10 i mean the draws weren't great no but because they're so slow down in the rankings they have to rely on wild cards and when you're wild cards you you could end up against anybody, couldn't you? So, yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah, you could do, and but we shouldn't. Should we be in that situation where um, everyone in the draw from the ladies' side was a wild card? We Not really. No. One, no. no one in by right. Like everyone. Um, Dart was a wild card. Swan was a wild card. Burridge was a wild card. <laughs> like we had no representation from the actual tour. Like by ranking or by qualifying I, no they do they do need to it's not good enough do something don't they it's really not good enough and we keep getting in these situations and it's yeah obviously we've come to retire um Raducanu is injured um just not playing at the moment 
is this really it? <laughs> like, <laughs> it does appear to be. Yeah. So really, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying just from the ladies' side. I think the men's side equally really disappointing tournament. There was a bit of promise in the junior section, though, wasn't there? A, oh, absolutely. I forget his name, but a young Brit pretty much out of nowhere came and won the, the junior title. Yeah, he did, Henry Searle. Um, so he came through 6-4, um, Wasn't really fancied either, so it's good to it's good to see because there is, there is some potential, so there must be some work going on behind the scenes. Um, I'm just more saying this, this Wimbledon isolation from a British tennis standpoint, was appalling, I'm going to say. Yeah, very disappointing, unfortunately. Um, but on to, on to better things so that we don't end the ladies' draw on that. Uh, Von Drusova, who'd yeah. funk it? No, you wouldn't have at the start of the tournament. Uh, she was a complete outsider. She had no kit sponsorship or nothing because she was so so unfancied. I bet, I bet Nike and all that are kicking themselves now. Um, but she had such a good game in this tournament. She, uh, the variety was just amazing, to be fair. She's, and she see against whoever she was playing, she just seemed to have the answer. Yeah, she was just dominating people. This wasn't like a scrappy win. This wasn't like she wasn't having to like hustle for everything. She was dominating. Like, and I mean, she's got previous. This is a French Open finalist, um, Olympic Games silver medalist. Like, this is um, semi-final with the Australian Open in doubles and the quarterfinals of Wimbledon in the doubles as well. Like, this isn't. She was low, quite low ranked, obviously. She had she has been like injury problems and that because I think last Wimbledon she wasn't able to play because uh, of her arm or wrist injury and yeah. since then her comeback's been a bit touch and go so yeah she's yeah. quite unfancied but hopefully now she can put her injury worries behind her she's won a slam so maybe she can kick on a bit from here you'd think so because um, she lost her French Open final to Ashley Barty no shame there no um, at all like. First unseeded Wimbledon champion on the women's side of the draw into the top 10. She's got that game, that big lefty. But we could be looking at someone. We were saying earlier it's been unpredictable, but if she can be consistent and play like that, like, the, like watch out for the rest of the tour. <laughs> but again, like we were saying with Elena, though, semi finals on. Jabal seems to have a final problem. We saw, I saw a similar thing to what happened uh, in the final last year against Rabankina. She, um, she, as, as soon as things started to go against her, she started to play within herself. Yeah, she froze up massively, and this is her third Grand Slam final. As you say, last year's Wimbledon and against Rabankina, she she did win a set, but went down six two six two. Um, Swear so Tech at the US Open last year, 6-2, and then Von Drusova, 6-4, Like, um, there's something, there's just a little something missing for those finals because Ons is such a fabulous player. I mean, she had to beat 
uh, get you know a revenge match against Rabankina in in the quarters, wasn't it? Uh, in the semis, she defeated Arena Sabalenka, who's high after winning the Australian Open, and is always a difficult opponent. So you know they were, they're two big wins. So I expected them, you know, expected much more from her in this final. But as you said she she kind of froze a little bit. Yeah, yeah, she she does seem to, and I think she just starts to try. It feels like she panics a little bit, tries to hit too mm. big as well. But I, I don't know what it what it is about Grand Slam finals. I mean, it's a hell of an occasion. Um, you're walking out on centre court at Wimbledon or at Arthur Ashe if you're at the US Open. It's uh, it's probably not easy to just play your game, but maybe she needs to figure out. Maybe she needs someone in her camp who can just help her out a little bit because. She is such a fabulous player, world former world number two, but she, that's a free Grand Slam opportunity is gone where she's not played her best tennis. Yeah, and it'd be such a big deal if someone like Hans could win a, a Grand Slam as well, not for herself, but you know for the the country and continent she she represents. So um, it'd be great if it could happen at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Tunisia and obviously she's of the Muslim faith as well. Mm. Like it would be a massive thing. Not that she needs to think about that while she's trying no. to win Grand Slam finals. Um, we don't want to add to it because we know she's a big <laughs> fan of the show. Um, but it's um, hopefully she can step up. Like she's got a final points to defend at the U.S. Open, so she's dust herself down. She did it at Wimbledon and got a repeat of the final. I am hoping we see her back in the final at the U.S. Open as well. It's uh, yeah. good to kick on. It'll be absolutely great. So. Um, Final, I think the final left a little bit to be desired, partly because Von Drusifer was just peerless and also Ons um, was playing a little bit beneath her best tennis. Um, but the semi final was good that Ons won against Sabalenka. Oh, that was awesome, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so um, lost the first set of the tie break and then 6 4, 6 3, and sort of sweep her away a little bit in that final set. Uh, really good tournament, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was. It's very enjoyable. Um, last question, and it's going to be on Venus, Venus Williams. Do you think that's the last time she plays? And we've probably been saying that for ten years now. <laughs> but do you think that's it? Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like to discount her completely, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised. She'll be forty-four next year. I mean, it's. It's not easy to keep going at the highest level at, um, at this sort of age because um, she's the same age as me. So <laughs> <laughs> I know how she feels getting up in the morning. <laughs> well, that's why I asked you. So you've not, not let me down with your answer. But yeah, she'll be 44 in the next tournament. Um, it's It's hard to say that Will she be playing again? Because she's been playing Wimbledon since, what, 1996, 1997? Something like that, yeah. 96, 97, yeah. It's, uh, it's a long time. But she still look, the thing is, she still looked competitive against Svitolina. Oh, she, I was going to say, she had a moment. She really did. And uh, at times I thought, oh, it's, you know, it's the old Venus is back here. But, uh, yeah, not not quite... Yeah, yeah. So good tournament. Nice, always nice to see Venus playing. Um, hopefully, she's got a few more matches in her as well. Um, 
because that was a was a good mm. one. But I want to see her play more. <laughs> Maybe she can console herself that Selena went on a decent run. I mean, she'd lost to some, you know, some nobody who then got beat easily in the next in the next match. You might think, oh, maybe it's time to retire. But you might be able to take some comfort in the fact that the person who beat you did get all the way to the semi-finals. Yeah, very, very, very true. Um, so on to the men's side of the draw, a brand new champion, uh, which we'll get to in a moment, but not a surprising one. Um, like, unlike in the women's draw. Uh, so, yes, that's not the most unpredictable draw ever. I think the people that reached the the semi-finals, none of us were shocked by, or were you surprised by any of them? Yeah, well, maybe not the semi-finalists, but the you know, quarter-finalists certainly caught our attention. I mean, who knew a boxer was any good at tennis? <laughs> He's got that good knockout flow, isn't he? Mm. So Christopher Eubanks of uh, of America, unexpectedly reaching the quarterfinals of of Wimbledon. So he's been around a little bit, 27 years old now. So he's been he's been around, but he's still he's fairly new to the tour. I think he came through that um, college si- system that America has, where they actually don't end up turning pro until relatively late. I think that's where John Isner came from. Yeah, there seems to be a lot that come through that program, as you say. They're, they're sort of in their early to mid twenties by the time they're turning pro, which is quite quite unusual. But apparently, he'd been doing punditry or commentary for a bit as well, and that's what seemed to have has kicked him into gear somehow. Yeah, he has found it because he really was not floating around. He turned pro in twenty seventeen, so six years ago now. So he was twenty one, and then he didn't actually get past the first round of a Grand Slam until last year's US Open, where he reached a second round. And then even earlier in the year, second round in Australia, first round at the French, and then all of a sudden a quarterfinal at the Miami Open, not an easy um, tournament to to go far in. And then the quarterfinal at Wimbledon as well. So maybe he's kicked on a little bit and he's found a little summit. So he has won one title. He won um, a grass title in Mallorca just before Wimbledon, beating grass court specialist and champion of Newport this week, Adrian Manorino. Um, so, yeah, maybe there's a little something there because he's got game. Mm. And to be fair, Daniel Medvedev had to dig really deep to to get past him as well. God, I think Medvedev's got to dig deep to do his shoes up. He does nothing <laughs> easy, doesn't he? <laughs> he, he? He doesn't, to be fair, but... <laughs> This is this is the best he's ever done on grass. I mean, he's been appalling on grass up until now, but he somehow got himself into the was the semi-finals, wasn't it? So yeah, he's uh, he's an odd one, um, Medvedev. Just last thing on Eubanks though before we move on to to Medvedev, I think Eubanks showed there that he does have something, and now it's about finding consistency. It it has to be because he's still. Mm floating around in sort of ways well, world number 31 now because of that quarterfinal at Wimbledon I wouldn't be surprised if he went deep in the US Open you know with the crowd behind him he is someone that seems mm. to thrive on the on the love and attention of the crowd so he certainly won some people over uh, he's yeah, he's a very capable looking player I mean he quite handedly um, took apart Cam Norrie in the second round although he lost the second set but the first and the third were were no contests really. 
Yeah, and after last year getting to the semi-final, he it was really disappointing that um, Cam Norrie, yeah, the, uh, Keybanks was on <clears throat> was on another level to to what he has been, and he had a really good run, but you expect someone of Cam Norrie's experience on grass to to find a way to get past him, really. But he just he's had a poor season all round now, hasn't he, compared to what he achieved last year. Oh, he has, yeah. He, he's down at 13 at the minute, and Cam Norrie is a top 10 player. Like, there's no two ways about it. He's a, he's a top tenner. But these Grand Slams, he's he's finding his best at Masters and 500 level, where he's at times um, peerless. And obviously, he won Indian Wells in 2021, where he went on that incredible mm. run a couple of weeks. But it's not transitioning into Grand Slams. For me, anyway, I mean, third round of Australia this year, third round at French Open, second round of Wimbledon. He's got fourth round points to defend at the US Open, which is the best he's ever done there. One semi-final at Wimbledon last year and no, he doesn't even have quarterfinals anywhere else. I think there's something missing at Grand Slam level because he is a top tenner. He's absolutely mm. deserves to be there, otherwise he wouldn't be there. Maybe it's just, you know, unlucky draw that, he, you know, that the players he... He gets, you know, he, he meets in these later stages. Yeah I, think, yeah, I think at times he's too easy to work out because he's got a very unusual swing on that forehand. There's a lot of spin on there. His backhand is in in a kind of a world of its own a little bit. It's a very strange shot. Um, so, but maybe he just gets worked out a little bit. I don't know what it is, but something's missing. But what did we what did we make it of uh, Murray? He got to the second round, but he, made, he, did, he did have the unfortunate luck of meeting fifth seed Stephanus Tissipas, who's not great on grass, but he, he didn't do too bad. No, he didn't do too bad. I was disappointed in Murray, not on the first day of the match. I think if there wasn't that delay, um, Murray would have won. I think he had all the momentum with him. I think that delay allowed Tissipas to reset mm. and come back and kind of reassert himself as a consistent top five player in the world. Um, but from Murray's standpoint, someone of his experience, I think he had he had He had Tissipas's being. I think he was on the plate for him and he just let it go. That fifth set was bad from Murray, I think. Yeah, um, I was quite perhaps a bit harsh on him after the match, thinking thinking about it. He, he perhaps, as you say, if if it hadn't been like the rain delays and, and whatever it was, he, he may have he may have won um, if it had all happened on that one one day. But unfortunately, it, it wasn't to be. And yeah, he does he does seem to fall short against the top sort of 20 nowadays since his you know since his hip surgery which is totally understandable i mean you ask anyone else on the tour and they think he's doing amazing considering you know you know uh, the surgery he's had and everything yeah and i think he is um i think he's doing incredibly well he's a top 100 but, player again i think he's a top 50 player again he's it's a, i keep saying the word it's consistency isn't it and he just doesn't have it at the minute he's, and he's not He's not reaching latter stages of tournaments consistently, although he did drop down to challenger level to get ready for Wimbledon to play on the grass. And he did really well. He won, I think, two in a row. Mm. 
and that he came in kind of, he won that first round match against is it uh, was it Peniston? Yeah. Yeah, and he crushed him. Um, absolutely crushed him six three six love six one, and then you kind of thought, oh okay, here we go, Tissa pass. Okay, lost the first set of tiebreaker, wins the second, wins the third at a canter. And I do think if there wasn't that delay, and I don't remember what it was, it must have been quite late at night. Yeah, was it? Was it? Yeah, it could have been curfew. Yeah, then I think he would have won um, because I think he had Tissipas mentally beaten. I think that delay just allowed him to reset. And maybe Murray doesn't recover as well as he used to because of surgeries and everything. Um, But he just didn't. That fourth set, if he'd won that, obviously if he'd won that tiebreaker, the match would have been over. But maybe that tiebreaker was also the deciding factor, and that fifth set was a little bit too much for him because he mm. just sort of lost his way a little he, bit. He certainly can't recover like he used to since the operation, can he? Which again is understandable. And I just don't know if, in his mind, you know, it's good enough. I mean, to everyone else, we're all amazed that he's still going and competing, considering everything he's been through. But I think he expects more from himself, if, if that makes to. sense. Yeah, as a former world number one, and he's obviously very competitive, or he wouldn't be playing. And he loves the sport, and he wouldn't, or he wouldn't be playing at 36. Like, still, still going after what he's achieved. Three Grand Slams, a Tour final, an Olympic gold medal finalist at every Grand Slam, world number one, um, Davis Cup, um, another gold medal to add to that as well. Um, his accolades just go on numerous mm-hmm. 1,000 titles, like in a partridge in a pear tree. Like, he's got everything. <laughs> like, what more does he mm. need? <laughs> I mean, he was one of very few... Yeah, he was one of very few players that was able to win a slam uh, besides... Djokovic, Federer and Nadal in the last 20 years, so he was obviously doing something right. Well, yeah, and I think let's get on to that, because um, that's a good segue. Um, world number one, Carlos Alcaraz, or if you're a BBC commentator, it's Carlos Alcaraz, like as they seem to love to say. Um, first Wimbledon champion, um, not named Federer, Murray, Djokovic or Nadal since 2000 and two yeah crazy isn't that 21 years since someone other than those four and to beat to win that he had to beat one of those names <laughs> going for what is was it his eighth Wimbledon crown yeah his eighth Wimbledon eighth crown Wimbledon crown hadn't lost on center court in 10 years since Murray beat him in the 2013 final um one both Grand Slams to open the season at Australia and the French Open. Um, I'm, of course, talking about the great Serb, Novak Djokovic. Also, he hadn't lost. He'd won 104 slams in a row after winning the first set. That's uh, as a start I heard on another podcast the other day. And he had that, was it 15 uh, tie break in a row? going for him as well and Alcaraz had to get past all that <laughs> yep. hadn't been even had his serve broken for I think it was the first four rounds of the tournament <laughs> something crazy about that one of the well we're not gonna we don't have time on this podcast to discuss it but one of the greatest of all time maybe the greatest of all time quite possibly quite possibly playing, pretty much playing arguably some of the best tennis um 
but who's to ever say because there's so much to go back there's 20 years worth of footage of Novak Djokovic mm. playing the world's best tennis um but Carlos Alcaraz um just a phenomenon like world number one I found it I'm going to just say it once because I don't want to be negative at all but I found it quite distasteful that the BBC commentators, commentators kept calling him a kid yeah um, maybe I'm just nitpicking but come on this is a world number one and US Open champion I think it was more to sort of really emphasize how big of a thing it was for him to 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 win this tournament especially in his you know, first final against Novak is a grass specialist. I mean, it took Nadal three finals to get the best of Federer in the end, didn't it? It did. Yeah, it was attempt number three because he reached the 2006, mm. 2007, and there's obviously the very famous, um, quite possibly greatest tennis match of all time, which is the 2008 Wimbledon final. Um, and that's when Nadal finally, finally did it. But Carlos Alcaraz... Um, sailed through to the final there was a couple of moments here and there the Berrettini first set I'm thinking of where he looked very shaky yeah uh, Jerry gave him a, a scare as well didn't he oh, Jerry is such a good player but he's got no consistency at all about him um, I like Jerry I like Jerry a lot but yeah the quarter final against Holger Rune brushed him aside the semi-final against Medvedev uh, just was a non- sort of non-starter. Yeah, very, very disappointing semi-final that. So it was cool. It was all set up for a classic Wimbledon final. The one, one seed against two, number two seed, Djokovic brushed aside Rublev outside of the first set, brushed aside Sinner throughout. I don't think he ever got out of third gear in that match. The earlier rounds just sailing through. Um, Completely. I mean, Hercats. Yeah, only Hercats really gave him something to think about because he could not break. He, he had to win on tie breaks a lot of time. He could not break his serve, I think, till the fourth set. And then Hercats even managed to break Djokovic's serve and take a set off him to, yeah, to sort was, of make us think a bit. But yeah, and that was the first time Djokovic got broken was mm. that third set against Hercats, a very capable player um, as well. And the final, I think, delivered. The first set was all Djokovic completely. I don't think yeah. Carlos was quite awake yet during that. We, were set. you like me when it, when it ended six one? I was I was starting to worry that perhaps this was going to be a bit of a non contest. I was a little bit only because we'd obviously only just had the French Open semi final, which um, from memory from memory was very one-sided other than the second set. Um, Djokovic won that in four in the third and the fourth mm. set. He won 6-1. He couldn't, he couldn't play. He, he, he shouldn't have carried on, really. But yeah, we he, he couldn't play. He couldn't but, um, play, though. But I did then also start to worry because Carlos is an incredibly good clay court player, an incredibly good hardcore player. We hadn't seen much of him on grass, like, at all. I think this is only his second or third Wimbledon. Yeah, and he wasn't, third Wimbledon, so. he wasn't sure what it'd be like on grass this year, so he thought he's, he's kind of sort of, I'm uh, going to try and see how we're doing Queens and then assess the situation from there. And apart from the first the first uh, round, he, he won Queens at a canter, really. He did. He's just levels above everyone um, other than Djokovic right now. Like him and Djokovic are standing on 
mm. very much on their own. And uh, yeah, I think it was such a good final, that second set. And um, I think the fifth set were very exciting. The one thing, it, other than the second set, the sets were fairly one-sided. So I think if you're talking about a classic Wimbledon final, it perhaps doesn't live up to that just just because the sets weren't super competitive throughout. But yeah. was, was just unbelievable the entire tournament. And the key points for me was Alcaraz finally defeating Djokovic in a, in a tie break. Uh, he got a standing ovation from the crowd when he, you know, hit that hit that return to to seal oh, the second set. It's amazing. It's not. You will not, ladies and gentlemen, you will not find many tie breaks that Djokovic doesn't win. He always comes good, and um, I don't want to say it's a passing of the torch because I think Novak has no. won the first two Grand Slams of the year. He is still the best player in the world. Um, <laughs> I but it's Car- Carlos is right there with him now. Yeah, it's nice to know that there's somebody now we know can take it to him and and beat him. Because if Carlos, I'm not saying he will beat him on other surfaces, but if he can beat Djokovic on grass, he can certainly beat him on other surfaces. Um, because you know he's just been winning everything at a canter basically, apart from uh, the 21 US Open, which um, he, I think he put too much pressure on himself. Not say not taking anything from Medvedev. You know, it was a great win for him, but he wasn't quite at it, was he, in that final for, oh, for some no. reason? No, I think it was the weight of expectation, which was that mm. he was so, so close to the Grand Slam. Do you think he'll do the calendar slam now? Has that, has that, has, has that been and gone for him? Because I, on this evidence, I don't think he can get past Alcaraz in four, four sums out of four. I don't think it will be done, but I also don't think it will ever be done. Um, reason being, and it's a topic for another show, I think the Grand Slam in this day and age, tennis is too intense. Mm. It's too full on. It's it's 11 months of the year. Surface changes, travel. Like We've seen the best players ever in Novak, Nadal and Federer try it. None of them can do it. Um, and Federer, I don't think he didn't do it because he because Nadal appeared on clay. Yeah, he couldn't get past Nadal on clay, could he? Djokovic couldn't keep the level, and he got so he was fingertips on that U.S. Open title. Um, Nadal physically could never do it because it all for different reasons. And I know afterwards Djokovic said Carlos is like the three of them wrapped up in one. Um, if that proves to be true, he'll he'll prove me wrong and he'll do it. Um, but you also, I think, you need to be a player that can be their, their best and not play very often. Um, and what I mean by that is you need to just be playing a few 500s, Masters and Grand Slams because you need to have all the energy in the world <laughs> to be able to win all four Grand Slams. And you need a bit of luck as well, which is that you need the draw to go favourably. Because if you are like Murray and you get Tissapas in the second round and then that's a five-setter and then you got someone like Berrettini and that's a five-setter, then no, you're not going to mm. win it because you're going to be knackered. I think Carlos's problem to do it would be he's, he's so energetic and so 
you know, he covers a court like no one I've ever seen. And I think by the time the US Open rolled around, if he stayed fit for a whole season, which I'm not sure he's seen yet, um, I, thought, I don't know if he'd have the energy to to do it. Yeah, I might I be, think... we might be wrong. We might be wrong, but even I at that I young age, even at that young age, I think it's a, it's a hell of a lot to ask, especially the way he plays. I think I hope we are wrong because I'd love to see someone do it. And this is it's the men's and the women's side and doubles and whatever. Tennis is too full on. It's too con- it's mm. it's eleven months of the year and it feels condensed. But <laughs> another thing I think we've got to to talk about is that game in the third set at 3-1 um, where it went on for over 25 minutes. <laughs> we had 14, 14 juices, seven break points, I think 32 points played altogether. I've never seen a game quite like that. No, there's certainly not been one in recent memory. I think I do think of the game where, was it the game where Murray served out the Wimbledon title? Mm, that, that yeah, that one. But yeah, it, it's it's just two titans at very different points in their career, who are the best players in the world, head and shoulders. And you, and that's that was the one sort of game, and perhaps the, the game and the rest of the set where the, the the sixteen year age gap did did tell a little bit, I think. Yeah, I think Carlos just he for some reason he just had the upper hand. I think he took his opportunity because there were so mm. many breakpoint chances weren't taken and it is because it's a grand slam final and it's different um i'm gonna go out on a limb here and you can stop me if you think i'm wrong i think if this was a semi-final and not a final i think djokovic would have won quite possibly you just something don't about know. being final his returning went a little bit and his forehand he ballooned quite a few like on break point as well there was that what was that volley that he just he had break point and he put that volley straight into the net i think if that was a semi-final he buries that and wins the title might might be might you might be right but it is the first time as well for a long time that someone's really pushed him oh it is it is like not since um it was the french open was it it wasn't last year's french open might be the year before when the Dow just brushed Djokovic mm. aside. I think that was the last time we really saw him in trouble. I know he got disqualified at the US Open for whatever reason and this and that. But um, yeah, the US Open is going to be fascinating. And I think as well, the US Open tour in general is going to be really fun with Indian Wells and everything to come. And and how cool was Carlos serving it out? I mean, you see players all the time get the yips, as they call it, when they're when they're serving, you know, serving for the championship. I mean, it's only his second championship, his first Wimbledon, and apart from the the first attempt to drop shot, he, he was just he didn't make a mistake. He was cool as a cucumber, wasn't he? And that lob, that lob at fifteen love down, ridiculous. <laughs> He's He's a once-in-a-lifetime talent, so I think let's hope he stays fit. I want to see Carlos now kick on him and just mm. dominate. I want to see someone do the Canada Grand Slam. I think it would be amazing. Yeah, it would be it'd be one of the greatest achievements in all the sport if if Carlos or anyone can do it. Um, but I, I I'm looking forward to the rematch because I think Djokovic is going to be out for blood. Yeah, I think he will. A lot of people. Are... You know, woman and I, oh, is this going to be it for Djokovic? Is he, no, 
<laughs> is he still going to be motivated? Yeah, he's going to be motivated because he wants to put this young lion in his place. And yeah. I really hope we get the rematch at the US Open final because that could be that could be something special. Yeah, and I do. Yeah, this is this is it for tennis now. Is we've got Carlos and Djokovic for however long Djokovic wants to carry on playing because with his game as well and the way that he mm. looks after himself, if he, if he's still playing in five years, I wouldn't even be surprised. If he's still reaching finals in five years, I wouldn't even be surprised. Nah, nah I wouldn't unless unless you know it's going to need someone or a few to really step up to to stop that from happening. Now, who do you think will be next? To, to step up. My, my money's on Holger Rune. I like Holger Rune. I know he got blown away in the semi-final this time, but he seems to be the one for me with the most potential because Yannick Sinner, I mean, last last um, Wimbledon, he actually managed to take two sets of Djokovic in the quarter-final, and this year he, he does seem to have gone a bit backwards this year. He just got nowhere near him. Yeah, I like, I like Holger Rune. Um, the ones beneath them, I like. I think Medvedev, if he can find his mm. best tennis again, he's still a player. Um, Yannick Sinner is a fantastic player, and I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. At least Kas- I hope. I suppose Casper Rudd, other than Graf, I, I, you kind of forgot about him this tournament because he just doesn't. He, he thinks he's rubbish on grass. He doesn't. He doesn't look like he's really trying. Um, but on the other surfaces, he's. You know, two is it two, three final, two or three finals he's got to now. Yeah, yeah, he he has. I mean, cast, yeah, he's in U.S. Open finalist, two two time French Open finalist. He's a very good player as well. I think he's up there. I think going down the rankings a little bit. I think um, uh, Wu Wu Yibing. I think that's how you say his name. Mm. Chinese player. He's a very good player as well. I think we need to watch out for him. He was third round at the U.S. Open last year. Um, as well, I think he might be one to watch out for. It's tough to say. I mean, yeah, I think we're still waiting for people. Massetti's a very good player as well, the Italian. Um, he's very good. He's young. He's only 20, mm. 21 or something. But I'm not sure if we've met the next the next big thing yet. Uh, other than obviously Carlos is only mm. what, about 14 or something, but. I don't. I think the people that are going to be up in the top five with him consistently for the rest of his career, I'm not sure if we've seen them yet. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I think they're still. I think somewhere in the chat in the challenges, and someone let us know at Rogue Underscore Opinion tennis fans that are listening. Somewhere in the challenges, there's probably an excellent player about to burst onto the scenes. Let us know who they are. Tag them, and they can come on the show if we ever do another one. <laughs> Um, yeah, in terms of British interest, Murray, second round, disappointed loss. Liam Brody, the only exception to my awful tournament for British tennis rule, um, reaching the third round and going down swinging against Shapovalov. Um, as well, he even won the first set. Liam Brody, later in his career, he's knocking on 30. Um, and he's always looked like a 100 to 150 ranked player. Um, all of a sudden, the third round at Wimbledon, uh, he, there could be something there, maybe, for a little late career run. I mean, Jack Draper looks like he could be something if he can keep himself injury free, but he always seems to, it's like Rado, him and Raducanu seem to look like they come from the same tree because he always seems to be an injury, doesn't that, unfortunately? Oh, God, yeah. 
he's just never fit. Dan Evans, very disappointing. Another disappointing Wimbledon. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's had an awful season, hasn't he, Dan Evans? He really has. Yeah, really, really bad. Peniston, um, he's got completely destroyed by Murray. He's well outside. He's he's something like 280 or something, isn't he? He's well well outside the, the top 200, I think, Peniston. Yep, and it's worth stating as well. I know um, that Evans and Murray, Evans obviously seeded at 27, Murray just in by ranking mm. as well. Everyone else a wild card. Which, um, it concerns me for one reason, which is that it means we're not getting anyone through qualifying. It's No, it's <laughs> it's not great. And But, I mean, even from my era back in the day, we only really had Tim I couldn't yeah. even tell you. I couldn't even tell you the 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 women women's side of the draws were in this day. Yeah, you're not, you're not wrong. So something needs to be done. Hopefully it is. I mean, so I've just missed out Cam Norrie, who was obviously ranked mm. senior twelve as well. But yeah, hopefully something's being done, and there is a generation waiting to come through. As you said, the boys' champions, so um, unexpected winner. So he needs to now push on. He needs all the support from the LTA to get onto the tour and start winning matches because I think that's what these guys just don't seem to do is they then float around in the challenges or the futures. We don't see him at level. I know Brody was playing tour level last week after Wimbledon. Mm. I don't remember how he did. But. It seems to be a British problem in all sorts of sports that we'll win one thing, but we never seem to be able to push on and and repeat that success or even get close to repeating that success do we sometimes very strange it is strange it is so strange but um but yeah is there, um before we before we say our goodbyes to wimbledon for another year is there anyone else you wanted to, to chat about uh no i think we've covered everyone tennis wise that i wanted to talk about today unless there's anyone you wanted to mention i think the last one i think for me, I think Milos Raonic, he was the second round. He only returned to the tour after having an awful two or three years mm-hmm. of just injury problem after injury problem. Um, to see him back winning matches, reaching the second round on his second tournament back professionally, a former Wimbledon finalist um, as well. So it's nice to see him back playing. He's still only 32, which given that he's a guy with an 140 mile an hour serve, he doesn't have to do a lot of running around. So hopefully that means there's a few years to see him back at his best because Milos, Dominic team as well, those Nishikori's only just returned to the tour after injury trouble. There's kind of a team the exception because he is a Grand Slam champion, but they almost feel like a tiny bit of a lost generation. Mm. Like, Not a lost generation, but I bet big Stan Varinka doing quite well. He was just unlucky to meet Djokovic when he did. But, he's uh, playing some really good tennis against Stan. So he's, he's like 38, a, isn't he, now? 38, yeah. He's got a three-time Grand Slam champion, Davis Cup champion, all the, all the honours under the sun, Olympic Games doubles champion with Federer. So back inside the top 75. Um, so he's going to be at the US Open. Uh, where he's obviously a champion. So um, I'm not saying he's going to win another Grand Slam, but if he can start playing his best, if he can find that, then certainly someone. Yeah, certainly someone you wouldn't want to face early on, isn't he? Let's put it that way. 
God, I wouldn't want to face him at all. I'm not dealing with that backhand. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, grass has never been his best surface, so I'm not surprised the way it went down. He's a quarter yeah. there. But it's, when you look at the other three Grand Slams, you just see one, one, one. Kind of go, okay, he's not a grass court player. <laughs> <laughs> Although the majority of his career at Wimbledon has been Federer and Djokovic, so if not all his career at Wimbledon, so... We we go from there, but yeah, a good um, a good Wimbledon, a really exciting tournament. Um, worth noting on the men's double side as well that we did have a Grand Slam champion for all my moaning about British tennis, um, Neil Skupski, and his partner Wesley Colfo of the Netherlands winning the doubles title. Uh, so that's exciting. Hopefully Neil can go on. Neil, somebody said a very long career in doubles, 33 now. Uh, yeah, we we yeah. do have pedigree in doubles, don't we? I mean, Jamie Murray and his brother, he's had quite a good career in doubles, hasn't he? Yeah, and this is Neil's third Wimbledon title because he's won two mixed doubles. So he's got a lot of pedigree at Wimbledon. Um, so it is nice to see that there is something there. Uh, but onwards and upwards, I think, for, for tennis, we, we move on to the US Open swing. Uh, on to the US Open, my favourite event of the year. Um, yeah, yeah. Any any early? Do you want to make a prediction? Uh, I I can't. I I do think it'll be, um, barring injuries and a major upset and Alcaraz Djokovic final. But I wouldn't like to predict who would win out of them. Yeah, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for Swiatek to win the women's. I'm going to be bored. yeah. I think she. I, I, I'll, I, I'm going to say. I'm going to say Sabalenka actually, just to be different. Okay. And I'm going to say for the men's. I'm going to say Djokovic. I'm going to be really boring. <laughs> I think he's going to be out for blood. And after last year, where he got disqualified, I think he's going to be out for something. Was it last year he got disqualified? Well, he wasn't allowed to play because of the vaccination malarkey. It was a uh, couple of was years ago. the year ago, before he got disqualified? No, the year before he got beat by Medvedev. So it must have been, it was 2020, I think, when he got disqualified. You know, at some point he got disqualified. <laughs> and whenever it was, he's going to be, that's what's going to fuel him. <laughs> well, thank mm. you very much for listening. You can find Rogue Opinions at Rogue underscore Opinion. Uh, you can find me at Nathan Adlin 92 Carlos, where can people find you? You can find me at uh, Carlos underscore Fire80 um, all your socials Twitter, threads and Instagram Yeah, Grinder. That's it <laughs> well, Thank you very much for listening guys we'll be back next time, bye now